I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to look at what it means to offer true comfort. If you've ever had a friend or someone in your life come to you who is struggling, hurting, it can be really intimidating. I know for me, for the first few years of my ministry where I would be traveling and speaking and women would come to me with problems and want my advice or they'd come to me with stories of difficulties they had faced, I would almost feel paralyzed because I was worried that I would say the wrong thing. How do we really become the kind of comforters that reflect the nature and the comfort of our God? And that's what we're going to be looking at in this episode. A number of years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who had gone through a difficult season in her life, and she had decided to go to a Christian counselor. And unfortunately, this counselor had given her advice that was really not super biblically based. He basically gave her a very big dose of human sympathy and told her the best solution for her problem was to pamper herself and focus on herself. So she felt licensed to take this entire season of her life and instead of looking at ways that she could serve other people, she just took this whole season of her life to pamper herself. Now, while it's of course not wrong to tend to your own needs and rest and things like that, this went beyond that to the point where she was just really building her whole entire life around her own whims and indulgences and desires. She wasn't turning to God in this time for any kind of strength or perspective. She wasn't looking to prayer. She wasn't reading the word. She was spending all of her time lounging in front of the TV, just doing whatever came into her mind to do. She was living in self-pity and self-indulgence, believing that she was doing something healthy and good. Sort of like, I've been through a struggle, now it's time, I have every excuse to just focus on me, me, me. And that story really isn't very uncommon because self-pity in one form or another is a major struggle for many of us as women. Self-pity is not a really obviously terrible sin that that we look at and say, oh, we really don't want that in our life. A lot of times self-pity comes in a very attractive package and it sounds so right and good. It's this excuse to just focus on ourselves. We deserve it. You know, me, me, me. I know for me, whenever I've been faced with a challenge or a crisis, my natural tendency is to let self-sympathy and depression and frustration take over. It's like there's a subtle voice whispering to my soul, just go ahead and feel sorry for yourself. You deserve it. You have every reason to be angry and depressed and complain about your situation. Or maybe the voice that says, poor you, just stay in bed all day and nurse your wounds and feel sorry for yourself. You don't have the strength to do anything else or serve anyone or develop your walk with Christ. It's really easy to fall for the lie that pampering ourselves and really giving voice to self-pity is the best way to feel better about whatever's going wrong in our lives. But this is really a dangerous attitude because when we take the bait of self-pity, our spiritual life starts to suffer tremendously and we no longer have the ability to give our time and energy to the things God has called us to, our relationship with him and turning outward and serving other people. I remember a specific season of my life when circumstances that I was facing were really overwhelming for me. Financial challenges, health issues, relational discord, all of these things were just surrounding me. False accusation and betrayal had robbed me of my perspective and my joy. And emotionally, it felt like everything in my life was sort of falling apart. I didn't feel like I had the strength to even cope, let alone triumph through those challenges. And when I read verses like, in all these things, we are more than conquerors, or thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, 
I realized that something was probably missing from my spiritual tool belt. I started to ask God to show me what I needed in order to walk in the triumph that was portrayed in his word. If Paul, the apostle, could be victorious in perils of robbers, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, and in sleeplessness often, in hunger and nakedness, couldn't I learn how to be an overcomer through my much smaller trials and challenges? So as I began to pray about this area of my life, I was awakened to a really important spiritual principle that has transformed my life ever since. It is the principle of spiritual fortitude. And we've talked about fortitude before on this podcast, but in case you missed that episode, fortitude means gaining supernatural strength to be an overcomer no matter what trials or difficulties come our way. It means not letting self-pity or self-sympathy push us around, but letting the triumphant strength and victory of Christ rule our actions and our decisions instead. And if the counselor that had talked with my friend when she was going through a difficult season had encouraged her with that kind of truth, the outcome would have been very different. She would have been strengthened in her relationship with Christ rather than led further away from him and further into a spirit of self-pity and complaining. The Bible is filled with commands for us to be strong and to practice spiritual fortitude. Verses like, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let us not grow weary in doing good, endure hardship as a good soldier for Christ, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And as we've talked about before on this podcast, even the Proverbs 31 woman has as her primary attribute valor and strength. When it says, who can find a virtuous woman in verse 10, that word virtuous actually means valiant, mighty in battle, and strong. The same valiance that was demonstrated by King David when he slew the lion and the bear with his hands and killed Goliath. That kind of strength doesn't just endure our trials with a good attitude. It sprints towards the battle, just like David sprinted towards Goliath with a conquering spirit that will not accept defeat. That is such a different message from this, I need to take it easy on myself and nurse my wounds attitude that a lot of us fall for today and a lot of us counsel others to do today. We often believe that we have the right to wallow in self-pity and weakness because of the unique challenges that we're going through. And when women come to us with struggles and problems, that attitude spills over into the comfort that we often try to give them. We want to make them think that we really understand what they're going through. We want to come across as caring and loving and sensitive. So often we will encourage self-pity without even realizing we're doing it. So many women today liked the idea of being soft for themselves, not demanding too much of themselves, and getting special attention because of their fragile emotional state. But when we encourage that in the women around us or when we encourage that in our own lives, we miss out on one of the greatest spiritual tools that God wants to give us. It's the strength to be more than a conqueror. Now, it's really important to realize that spiritual fortitude is very different than the human willpower and reach your full potential ideas that tell us just to dig down deep and overcome difficulties in our own strength. Spiritual fortitude can only come when we exchange our weakness for the strength of Jesus Christ. When we stop leaning on our own ability and we start tapping into his supernatural enabling grace. Paul said, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. That verse is really astounding because he's going through all of these incredible struggles and he says, I am well content with those things because he has learned how to tap in to the amazing enabling strength of God. Spiritual fortitude means coming to the end of our own strength, laying our weakness at the feet of Jesus and declaring, Lord, I can't, but you can in every challenge or situation that we face. And so if you are struggling today or if you have people coming to you with struggles, consider the idea that the answer may not just be a whole bunch of human sympathy, but actually leading others into this truth that understands they are meant to be more than a conqueror through Christ. So let's take a look at how fortitude plays into offering true comfort to those who come to us who are struggling with problems. I love this definition of comfort from Amy Carmichael. She wrote, many think of comfort as if it were a gentle kind of soothing and nothing else. But the Oxford Dictionary gives its original word as to strengthen. To strengthen is its first meaning. I have heard one who was, as she thought, comforting another say, how hard it is for you. But that sort of talk does not raise up. It pushes down. It is weakening, not strengthening. Stop and think about that for a minute, that when we show that kind of human sympathy and we we give them license to just wallow in self-pity by saying, oh, poor thing, I feel so bad for you. It's so hard for you. I feel so sorry for you. It actually causes spiritual weakness, not spiritual strength. We often might think we're trying to do the most loving thing possible by saying something like that. But as she goes on to say, God's comfort is never weakening. He leaves the soul he comforts stronger to fight, braver to suffer, grateful, not sorry for itself, keen to go on, not to yield. God make us all comforters in that strong sense of the word, his fellow comforters. That is one of the most powerful definitions of true biblical comfort that I've ever felt. It doesn't mean that we can't show care and concern and empathy for people when they're coming to us with their problems. In fact, the Bible says, you know, weep with those who weep. So we are to feel deeply the burdens that other people carry. But we aren't to leave them in that state of, oh, I feel so bad for you. I feel so sorry for you. You have every right and every reason to just be so disappointed and and miserable with your life. We are actually called to lead them up to something higher. And it's the strength to be more than a conqueror. It's that spiritual fortitude principle. Now, again, we're not only to cultivate fortitude in our own lives, but to offer it to those who are struggling as true godly comfort. So let's talk about a mindset shift that we can have in order to offer that kind of comfort, comfort that brings strength and not weakness into someone's life. And the way that I look at it is giving strength, not sympathy. Now, that doesn't mean we show no love, but human sympathy that just says, I feel bad for you, isn't actually giving the strength of God. In a letter to her daughter, Catherine Booth, who was the co-founder of the Salvation Army, wrote this, do not give way to lowness while you are young, rise up on the strength of God and resolve to conquer. And that was in response to a struggle that her 18 or 19 year old daughter was facing and writing about. And that's really different from the poor you, I feel so bad for you message we are used to hearing when we're struggling or we're used to giving to others who are struggling. But that was exactly what her daughter needed to tap into the amazing conquering strength of God. We need to start building each other up in God's strength, not offering the kind of soothing human sympathy that weakens a soul and promotes self-pity. There's a story in scripture when Peter was speaking to Jesus, and he really, I believe, thought that he was offering the right kind of response 
response, the right kind of of comfort to Jesus when he was anticipating his death. And it says in Matthew 16, 21, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. So Jesus was talking about suffering and death that he needed to face. And Peter took him aside saying, no, 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 this is not right. That cannot happen to you. Some of the earlier translations say that what Peter said was pity thyself or be kind to yourself, Lord. So it was literally setting that bait of self-pity right in front of Jesus saying, oh, you don't deserve that. You shouldn't allow that to happen. You deserve better than that. Now, doesn't that seem like a loving, caring response? I think probably most of us would default to that kind of response. But Jesus did not respond to it. He he said, you know, human sympathy is not what he was looking for. In fact, he saw it as a temptation from Satan to turn to self-pity and self-protection instead of obedience. His response to Peter was, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. It's such a powerful example of human comfort versus godly comfort, because we so often want to protect people from any kind of pain and suffering and make them feel that it's just a terrible thing if they've ever had to go through anything difficult. But God's interest in a person's life, oftentimes he will use difficult things to strengthen us and to teach us a deeper dependence in him. Like Paul said, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So let us not stand in the way of our friends receiving the supernatural enabling power of God to become more than a conqueror in their own struggles by saying, pity yourself or be kind to yourself. A lot of times they need to hear God's strength is sufficient. Tap into that strength. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, there is an exception in the case of abuse or personal safety issues. In those situations, you definitely will need to practically intervene on someone's behalf. But we're talking about here just the everyday struggles of life, the disappointments, being hurt by what somebody said or did or feeling rejected or overlooked, those kinds of everyday struggles are such perfect opportunities to practice spiritual fortitude and to tap into the amazing supernatural grace of God. One of the most powerful and practical ways to gain a vision for spiritual fortitude is to read stories throughout Christian history of people who became more than conquerors in their own situations. I just finished reading The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom, and I've read it many times over the years, but I just felt drawn to read it again this year. And what an incredible story of intense suffering. But as you read the book, you begin to see how God used even the things that the enemy meant for evil to such incredible triumph in Corey's life and the life of those she impacted through her suffering and through her struggles and trials. And she never would have had the ministry that God wanted to give her to reach countless thousands around the world without walking through that season of suffering and seeing the victory and the triumph and the conquering power of God in the darkest of situations. So God had a a very clear purpose for what she was walking through and is such a beautiful picture of that. But there are so many other stories throughout Christian history, testimonies of men and women who faced crushing circumstances and trials and triumphed through them through the power of Jesus Christ. Some of these stories really have inspired me whenever the voice of self-pity has come knocking on the door of my soul. Because if these men and women can face persecution, imprisonment, starvation, and martyrdom with an overcoming attitude, 
gratitude through the power of Christ, surely I can rise up and do the same in the face of my own trials by God's grace. A few of the stories that have been most impactful to me in gaining a clearer understanding of what spiritual fortitude looks like are Esther on Kim's story, If I Perish, which is an amazing story of a young woman who stood boldly for Christ during World War II in Korea and faced absolute incredible persecution as a result. But her victorious conquering spirit can only come as a result of a deep faith in Jesus Christ. So that story is really amazing. Evidence Not Seen by Darlene Dibler is another incredible story of a young American missionary who became a widow and a prisoner of war during World War II. And she clung firmly to Christ, even in the most horrible of situations, and emerged from that as more than a conqueror. The Pastor's Wife by Sabina Wormbrandt is an, another incredible account of a woman who suffered tremendously in Romania during the communist takeover because of her commitment to Christ. And again, I've already mentioned the hiding place. All of these women really were made stronger through the things that they suffered, not because they possessed some kind of incredible willpower, but because they tapped into the amazing enabling grace of God. They walked that path that with Paul said, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. And if you talk to any of them, they would not trade what they went through for a more comfortable, easy path because of the triumph in their life, because of the impact that their lives can now make because of what they walked through. As you read stories like this, you can't help but say to yourself, I have no excuse for self-pity in light of how triumphantly these women suffered for Christ. And another uplifting exercise is to study the life of the Apostle Paul and the early church martyrs and look at the love and the joy and the peace and the triumph that radiated from their lives even as they were giving up their lives for the sake of Jesus Christ. So if you're comforting someone who is struggling Again, you don't have to harden your heart and act like you don't care. Ask God to give you his love and his empathy and his concern for them. Ask him for the ability to weep with those who weep, but lead them somewhere. Give them the hope that they can become more than a conqueror through Christ and don't just leave them to wallow in self-pity. Here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. If you are facing struggles of any kind or know someone who's struggling, the solution is not to immerse yourself in pity, but to rise up and practice spiritual fortitude by the grace of God. Remember, the Bible says he has given us everything that we need for life and godliness so we can ask him for the strength to become an overcomer. We can let him showcase his triumph and victory through our lives, even when our emotions or our circumstances may be screaming otherwise. Life in this world is never going to be easy, but in all of the difficulties that life brings our way, he has called us to fight the good fight, to finish the race, and to keep the faith. If we are willing, he is ready to infuse us with the grace to do just that starting right now. Have a blessed and Christ-centered week.